Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to The Nickish Show. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here. It is Sunday, October, oh, sorry, November 15th. <laughs> uh, this is this is our this is our podcast, this is a Sunday edition, where we talk all about the NBA, whatever's going on with the Knicks, and there's a shit ton of things to talk about today, but before we get started on that, let's hear a little bit about what's going on with Nafi today. How you feel, man? Not bad, bro. Actually, I was just telling you right before we recorded, it's like exciting because we actually got something to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, my biggest worry is just like the dreaded like dead period where there's like no news, no rumors or whatever. You know what I mean? Because like once the finals ended, I was like, all right, we're not going to see these guys back to like February. And I'm still mm-hmm. like, nah, we're not going to miss out on any money. The fuck you think? He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, training camps open December 1st. Y'all are going to play Christmas. Fuck that. Pandemic. What? <laughs> I was like, all right, man. Like. I mean, I get it, you know what I mean, business is business, but I just read how, like, they're not even going to try to do a bubble, they're going to try to bring fran- fans in. That's crazy. Yo, that shit, that, shit is, that shit is wild to me, especially at the start of a second wave. No second thought. <laughs> second wave, no second thought. It don't matter. We're going to have some fans here. We're going to get some money here. We're going to get the players playing. Family don't matter. It's all, it's all about the, 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 you know, all about the green. Yeah, and then my thing is, like, these motherfuckers probably, I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory, but I feel like Adam Silver was like, now nah, we got to get there. We got to get the games started and, like, try to get the arenas open before Biden takes over. You know what I mean? Because this administration don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? They, they don't, mm-hmm. they're still trying to ignore pan- the pandemic, but, like, the numbers is skyrocket- skyrocketing more than ever before. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Like, I saw um, somebody on Nick's Twitter, forgot who it was, so apologies, but they were just like, so that whole bubble is probably just some performative bullshit then. You know what I mean? How you have a <laughs> bubble, like, when pe- the pandemic kind of slowed down, but then now when it's, like, literally, like, that dark winter Biden talked about in that yep. debate, when it's finally, like, occurring, how are you going to be like, yeah, all right, let's bring the fans back in. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. where does that make sense? But otherwise, you know, you and I, we started the podcast because we just want to talk about rumors and shit from the very beginning. So, like, we got some big rumors sure. to talk about, so... The main yeah. one that actually like took over Nick's Twitter for the last two days, right? We know what we're talking about. I'll let you do the honors of talking about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook, former NBA MVP, uh, however number, however many number of times All-Star, All-NBA player, is another player yet connected to the Knicks point guard extraordinaire from, from the last decade. One of the best point guards in the last decade, easily, uh, has been connected to the Knicks, and it looks like there's a huge huge divide between Knicks fans, uh, NBA fans on whether or not the Knicks should pursue them and it sounds like the Knicks are pursuing it and seeing what their options are. And I know between, you know, I know guys like us, at least here, you know, we're not we weren't too pro Westbrook to the Knicks. Um, but you know, shout out to the Strickland. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, check out their podcast with Alan Hahn. That was a very that was a very good podcast. Dude, that show was like two and a half hours, but worth every minute. Facts. Alan Ha did a really good job. He's someone who seems like he's pro Westbrook, um, to to the Knicks and you know, the guys uh Drew and um Schwinney weren't weren't down for it, but I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. Yeah, it was a good pod. Uh, definitely check it out. But um 
you know, we're also in the podcasting game, so I guess we got to go in there, like as as uh, other independent content creators do. We got to put our put our analysis out there, our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll be the first one to say, like, fuck no, like, <laughs> fuck no, hard fuck no on Westbrook, like, <laughs> bro, like I, t- I remember I texted you yesterday. I was like, yo, it seems like this rush shit is happening. We were about to yeah. pay for a thirty-two year old point guard uh, it, that's declined for three straight years that has mm-hmm. had five knee surgeries. I actually want to correct that. It's seven knee surgeries. You know what I mean? So that's that's the guy that um apparently half our Knicks fans that are at least online want to like trade for. They're, it's the same old shit. It's like, oh, we've been bad for so long. Why not? You know what I mean? Let's be relevant again. That's literally like, bro, these fans talk shit about the, our same fans talk shit about our franchise, how we're never going on there, how we're on the treadmill of mediocrity, but they always fall into the same cycle. You know what I mean? We try, we half-ass a rebuild. It don't go well. Then half the fans are just like, yo, we need to do whatever it takes to get XYZ washed player. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, that's my, like, true, like, my, my thoughts on Westbrook because the contract is terrible. He's in a decline. He's been in a decline and just, like, you know, if we if we want to go for a point guard that's going to come in and be a veteran kind of centerpiece, Chris Paul is the medium, like the happy medium. You know what I mean? Like, shorter contract, he's a better fit. So, that's that's what I got to say on that. I mean, what do you think about the Westbrook yeah, show? I mean, a, a lot of a lot of people make points um, that, you know, Westbrook is someone who can bring in the energy, bring in that leadership, and is somebody that uh, can, you know, bring that intensity to the garden and teach the other players to learn how to win uh you know and this is this is a, and you know here here's the thing right uh one of the points that alan Hahn likes to make is that we're that fans like us are giving him like the mellow treatment and automatically writing him off and he literally said that you know he, he made a tweet today about it um that we're giving him the quote-unquote mellow treatment and we're we're disregarding all the things that he's done in the past i can get that to an extent but the thing is that Westbrook is not a shooter. He's never been a shooter. He's had enough time to learn how to be an efficient shooter, so much so that it's too late to learn right now, and it's <laughs> not part of his game. It's part of Chris Paul's game, not part of Westbrook's game. Westbrook is running 200 miles an hour all day, every day. Give me the ball. Get the fuck out of the way. And if you're you know, in the paint in the last second, I'll give you the ball so you can do that last-minute dunk. But if that ball hits the backboard, get the fuck out of my way. I'm getting the rebound. That's that's been Westbrook's game, but the thing the thing that that's the biggest problem is his age, and when he turns thirty five years old, the the salary cap projections were uh, Woj t- tweeted them out today, and the fact of the matter is that West is going to be making like thirty five million dollars. That's about forty percent of the salary at thirty five years old. And Westbrook's kind of game, his game isn't going to age well. well. Who was the last player that we got that was like Westbrook? You remember him? D-Rose. You know what I mean? D-Rose. Yeah. We, we had D-Rose. How did that work out? Obviously, they're two different kind of personalities, but same kind of game. Neither really worked out. And D-Rose was younger than Westbrook when he was on the Knicks. That kind of play style isn't going to work with our young guys. West is known as a really good teammate. He's not known as, a, as an excellent mentor. Those are two different things. I, you know, the, I think the only thing that I'll say is if this were maybe three, four years ago, I would, I would, I would consider it. I would probably say yes to it because that's that's an MVP caliber player. He's no longer an MVP caliber player. Those, that's two different things. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like three, four years ago, yeah, he'd probably be more of a real. It'd be more realistic of a of a 
I want to say, let me take that back. It's not realistic. It would make more sense to target him three, four years ago. But I, even I wouldn't have done that three, four years ago just because, first of all, I feel like that MVP he has on his trophy case, like, has Harden's name on it. Sure, he didn't deserve that. That was just the media falling for the bullshit narrative of, like, oh, he's carrying OKC um, since KD's gone. And it was just, it's whatever. It, it is what it is. But we're talking about Westbrook now. Like, you and I seem to be on the same page. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to stay on Han, though. He's, he's getting the mellow treatment. It's like... Not to single out Han, but these sports media guys, anytime fans come with actual hard facts about a player's decline, his his efficiency being garbage, they always go to some variation. Like, these sports writers go to some variation of the same defense. Like, oh, I guess he sucks then. Who the fuck said he sucks? He's just not as good as the perception you're making him out to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's either one or the other to these dudes. And with Westbrook, like, I get all that. Like, he's going to come in. If, if, if we do hypothetically trade for him, he'll come in. He'll be the engine that runs the team. You know what I mean? He'll rack up the assists. He'll get his rebounds. But he'll dominate the fuck out of the ball. And ideally, you know what I mean? We want RJ to have the ball more. But you think that's going to happen with Westbrook? You think Westbrook coming off like the season he just did, going back to having his own team, is suddenly going to turn into the willing mentor? Like, that's an if. Like, we already seen Chris Paul be the mentor last season. You know what I mean? Like, we know that's a definite, at least, you know? With Russ, it's just like... I wouldn't take him, like, let me actually elaborate even further. The only way I'll take him is if it's a salary dump, period. You know what I mean? Like, they got to give us at least, like, two seconds, maybe a first to take that contract because who wants to pay an athletic, explosive point guard on the decline at th- at 35 years old, $47 million, bro? We're- More importantly, who else would want to join the Knicks in a couple of years to jo- to play with Westbrook? Exactly. Like, we've seen that, like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when Melo was, like, towards the end of his big deal and it looked like he was clearly in decline and there was still, like, some hope that, like, oh, people want to come play with Melo. It's like, no, we saw it. Like, players want to play with other great players, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if you're in decline, they're not going to want to come to you just because you have the name brand. Like, players aren't, like, dumb, you know? Yeah, the, the, one of the dumbest shit I've heard so far, and I think this was by Channing Fry, was... Westbrook just fits in New York. He's like, yeah, you know, Fashion Week and stuff like that. Like, why does Fashion Week matter when it comes to the team and how they play on on a night to night basis? It, it means nothing, you know. And you know, one of the most annoying things that I see coming up if Westbrook does join the Knicks is that bullshit narrative that all of ESPN is going to go ahead with. And you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, the, the KD fucking and the fucking New York versus Brooklyn, KD versus Westbrook. What are they going to do? Oh shit, Westbrook is in decline. Brooklyn is is you know outperforming the Knicks. Like uh, that's not something that any of us want. Any of us are asking for it, but it will a hundred thousand percent be a you know nightly headline. Facts, and it's just like that shit is irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck cares? Like the media obviously will eat it up, like you just said. They're gonna make that Westbrook versus KD beef a thing again, and. Bro, look, we keep talking about the media. Yesterday, I saw one sports writer, a prominent like NBA writer, was just like, let me see if I can pull up the tweet right now. All right, so this guy, Sean Hyken, he looks like a pedophile. I'm going to just say it right now, but he works oh for God. Bleacher Report. <laughs> he said... That's so, that's so fucking mean. <laughs> I mean, up like... He could be, be the sweetest guy in the world. So he looked like he's sweet to children. But anyway, his tweet was, <laughs> no, Knicks bro. and Hornets fans being against it is silly because he's better than any anyone either of those teams have on their rosters currently. It's not like their alternative is a great prospect they currently have developing or signing a better player in free agency. 
what that completely just like that tweet is just like if you rip off every context about Westbrook and all the negatives, that that's what this tweet is. It's just like yo, ignore the context. Westbrook is a great player. You should want to. I thought we were past. I thought this is twenty twenty, and we're past the surface level analysis, bro. And then Jeremy Cohen rips him to, like just completely debunked his shit. He was just like. It's silly to be against paying a player with several knee surgeries whose game is predicated on athleticism, explosiveness, and has 132 mil due over the next three years. Like, do these sports writers not see that, or are they just trying to, like, tweet some shit to get Knicks fans, like, in an uproar? Because it doesn't make any sense, bro. Like, okay, like, yeah, both us and the Hornets have been trashed, but that doesn't mean we need to be like, oh, let's, let's do exactly what we used to do and go for the win-now move and, like, throw all idea of pragmatism and smart planning out the window. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and, you know, if, if it's the Rockets, I don't see them giving up any picks. You know, we call it a salary dump, but let's not forget how exactly they got Westbrook. They traded Paul in, like, however many first. Like, they traded, like, what, three first-rounders for him? They're not going to – they don't have any picks to give up. Um, unless we're talking like a fucking twenty thirty one pick or some shit. Exactly. I, I don't see it being a salary dump. I, I think we need to stay as far away from Westbrook as possible. He, he'll help us in the short term win a couple of games, but that's not going to help us in, in in two or three years, especially with the 2021 class being as high as it is. People say that there are five guys in there that are better than every prospect in this year's draft. That's insane. Why, why get a player who's going to get us two or three extra wins that – aren't going to help us in two years. He's not He's not a building block. You know, yeah. he's just a temporary guy who's going to be here for, for a couple of years, and he's going to cost us 40% of our salary and, you know, not be efficient or productive. Yeah, and it's just like people are just in love with the name brand. It's going to be my final point. It's like people, even beyond the fact, when we had Amari, like obviously everybody was excited we signed him. You know what I mean? He was a big name that joined us. But even still, the smart people were like, that five-year deal is going to look ugly. You know what I mean? And then what happened? After a year and a half, the deal just straight up became ugly because he became a useless albatross. You know what I mean? Like, Westbrook is just like, he's still that name brand. Oh, he's Russell Westbrook. It's Amari Stoudemire. Ooh, wow, they got flashy, scary dunks. They're, they're mean, and they make mean faces when they do crazy shit on the court. That doesn't, that, that doesn't change the fact that these dudes are, or at least with Westbrook, he's on the decline, and, like, he's not that... He's not as good as he was three, four years ago when he won MVP. You know what I mean? Like, the facts bear that out, and people can make excuses. Or even people will bring up, like, oh, the second half of the season, he, he looked a lot better once they got rid of Capella, right? And, oh, he had COVID, so you got to excuse the bubble performance. Well, you just made me another argument right there. Why would I want to do that has a fucking COVID when we're seeing the lingering effects of that shit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What if that shit, what if, like, because there are scientists out there, actual experts that still do not have their, like, heads wrapped around the far-reaching extent of what COVID can do to the human body. And I get Russ is an elite athlete, but we don't know what the fuck is going to do to him in two, three years. And guess what's happening in three years? His contract is 47 mil, damn near 50 mil, and he's 35 years old. And he's a former COVID, like, uh, patient? <laughs> no, sir. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, somebody get Michael Jordan off the golf course and let him fucking make that trade. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm legit mad that, like, our fans are still actually out there still pining for moves like this. I thought we were past this, bro. <laughs> so so and tell Michael Jordan the Rockets call him a little bitch. Yo, facts. Like, yo, you would never make this trade, Mike. Fuck out of here. You pussy. <laughs> Bet you won't throw that fucking third overall pick in there. <laughs> he took that personally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I seemed a little worked up, it's because I am, bro. Like, I I've never been more disappointed to see actual like Knicks fans still being like, hey, why don't we trade for Westbrook? 
have on the bright side, the Knicks haven't done it yet. That's mm-hmm. like the, the little glimmer of hope that we have left that this this front office is is different from um, from what you know we see in previous regimes. So yeah, that's Westbrook. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul. We've talked about many many times. You could listen to our previous podcast to see what we think of Chris Paul. I, I'm sure there are a number of episodes where we named it after Chris Paul. If you really want to know, just you know, if you haven't listened to us before, we are pro Chris Paul trade. That's that's what that's what we'll leave it at. He's a shooter. He's a mentor. He will make the players, the younger players around him, better. We've seen it with SGA. We've seen it with now Dennis Schroeder, who we can pivot towards a little bit. Who this morning was probably the first name that we've heard, from what I can recall, as being the first trade so far in months uh, to the Lakers for Danny Green and a uh, first round pick, twenty eighth pick. Before we go to that, one last point is like, if we're gonna stay on the, consp- I kind of want to stay on the conspiracy theory end of things and be like. You know, we saw the Chris Paul, the Suns news, and the day after the Russ stuff really heats up. What if that those are purposeful leaks again because, like, us and OKC are still within nego- negotiations for Chris Paul? You know what I mean? Like, that's my only hope. If, like, that's what the outcome is or that's what actually happened behind the scenes is, you know, both sides are leaking shit. Like, oh, we got this offer on the table from the Suns. West and Leon was like, oh, bet? All right, whatever. We got, <laughs> we'll go after Westbrook. You know what I mean? Put that out in the news. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's what I'm hoping. But I don't know. I got, we got to, the one saving grace is we got to just rely on the fact that Bagley was right and there's no leaks coming out of this front office. So all these people saying, oh, we're going after our XYZ, it's, it's all just like hearsay. That's the only hope. You know what I mean? But I don't know, bro. I feel like tomorrow's going to be chaotic that Monday 12 p.m. deadline. And like you just mentioned, we already have a, a deal in place. You know what I mean? The Schroeder. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that? Lakers got their new backup point guard. I thought it was a great pickup. Dennis Schroeder was the guy who uh, was in the running for sixth man of the year. He uh, he was under the tutelage of Chris Paul, and he's gotten a lot better as a player. He was a starter with the Hawks, and he was supposed to be their, their like franchise player, and obviously that didn't work out. And he kind of found a niche, kind of found a – you know, role for himself, and I think it fits well with with the Lakers because they they needed more scores on that team, and they got rid of Danny Green. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think it, I think it works out for OKC because they they're piling on a lot of picks, and at that point, there there you reach a point where where you have too many picks, and you're gonna need to turn that into something productive. So, we'll see what they decide to do with that. I doubt they're gonna keep all these picks. It doesn't make sense for them to. Uh, they at the end of the day though they are a small market team so you, I I think the ideal thing for them is to try their best to keep moving up in this draft the next draft and then you know the next one the next one after and try to get the highest pick that they can because otherwise they're not going to get free agents to sign with them people don't want to go to Oklahoma City their their best ways to do it how they've been doing it for the last decade so, uh, drafting the best available player they did that three times they they had back to back MVPs. Three times in a row, so I think I think that's the direction they're probably trying to head towards, uh, and stockpiling picks and then using those picks to move up. That's yeah. that's what I can see as far as the Lakers go. Uh, Rondo's in question now, and whether or not he's going to be on the team. Um, oh, definitely not. He's out of there, and I'm just I'm, I hope we don't go for go after him. You know what I mean? Because I think maybe I saw a rumor float out there a couple weeks back. I might just be delirious and imagining things, but I swear to God, I saw like oh Rondo might be a target of the Knicks. Please don't do that. Please don't <laughs> fall for the mirage of playoff Rondo. Because like we're not gonna be in the playoffs, so why the fuck are we gonna get a dude that don't sh- that sh- only shows up in the playoffs? Like <laughs> that don't make yeah. sense. But the Schroeder thing, I do, or like the OKC thing. This guy Sam Presti is gonna have a job forever, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he's gonna. 
he's definitely not going to get fired until he sees these draft picks out. But um, if they're compiling picks like this, I definitely think like Gavoni, he probably his short sources were probably right. They're probably gearing up for a trade up in this draft. I think you know what I mean. Like they got so many picks. I think they just picked up a late first in this draft. I wouldn't be surprised if like they do trade up for Lamelo. You know what I mean? Lamelo, SGA, and whatever else young players they got. But do you see the coach they the hired, bro? Or hired? Because I know you were about to dig into the Lakers side of things. But you saw the coach. Like I don't even know his name, but it's apparently their G League coach. He's upgraded. You know what I mean? And they just gave him the full time job. So that to I, me, I've never heard the I never heard the man in my life. I I don't even know his name right. <laughs> What's exactly. his name again? I don't know. What's generic 2K coach number six. Like the fuck <laughs> if I know. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> My point is, like, that's nobody can argue now they're going for a full rebuild. You know what I mean? You're not about to bring Chris Paul back and be like, all right, this is our ex ball boy. He coaches you now. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Like, so I definitely think Chris Paul is going to move. But, um, yeah, pardon me. I think I interjected while you was about to talk about the Lakers and Shooter. Nah, you're good. Uh, it's They basically found another scorer on their team. Um, Kuzma, they're trying to figure out what to do with him, whether to sign him an extension or see what his trade value is. Uh, yeah. I mean, who was who was their third best prospect or third best player on the team? The Lakers, after AD and LeBron, who would you say was the third best? Um, I still think Danny Green. I think they might regret trading him. I think that'd be a hot take, just because people, especially casual fans, are big followers of recency bias. So like, I don't yeah, disagree. So like, yeah, Green didn't make some shots in the playoffs, but like his oh. resume in the playoffs is, it's. it's right there on like you could you don't need to say much more you know i mean he's a clutch role player so don't be don't be surprised if you see him back in la just in a clippers jersey that guy is a guy you want on a on a title contending team he's a perfect player i'm i was actually pretty surprised that they gave him up yeah for for dennis schroeder but they they probably felt they needed you know more scoring Mm -hmm. um and they got they got Schroeder for because that's that's his niche that's that's what he can really do yeah i mean good for schroeder like you know, he's been tolling away in OKC and, and uh, what was he before? Atlanta, right? So, yeah, you know, he's probably on his first, like, competitive team since he was uh, a bench warmer or role player for those Atlanta Hawks teams that never went anywhere. So, um, yeah, I think this is interesting or another interesting angle to it with the Lakers is that, like, you saw last year, I think LeBron led the league in assists for the first time ever. I definitely think this season after winning a title, they might – uh, this is an educated guess, but I think they might plan to taper down his minutes in the regular season. So they needed another playmaker like Schroeder, you know what I mean? And they could count on Schroeder for big minutes, but they couldn't count on Rondo for big minutes like that just because his shooting isn't that nice and Nick Rondo's old, you know what I mean? And he definitely came through in the playoffs, but we can't just ignore the regular season. Like, I'll give him credit. Like, okay, he'll turn it up when he needs to, but those regular season minutes, and LeBron will tell you, he he values just like, and we've seen it from his history, he values like, chasing the the first or second seed in the playoffs or in the regular season just to get that home court advantage which makes it easier for them in the playoffs so i think Schroeder's is going to be key to that i'm just still kind of wary about them giving away green you know like who's their three and d guy now like kcp caldwell pope mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> washed yeah. ass jared dudley i don't know but definitely Mark- definitely Mark- a win Keith. i think for the lakers markeith yeah it's not bad isn't he a free agent or no no idea. No idea what Markeith is more is up to, is up to these days. I mean, Schroeder's contract. I'm trying to find out when it ends. Um, I feel like he's a free agent after this season. He's making like 16 million, but just don't know when it ends. The other interesting thing is that because OKC got Danny Green, they're probably going to flip that to another 
at least second round pick. Chill. They might just be able to get another first, like a late first. You know what I mean? Like if a contender wants one. That'd be funny if they did flip them. Actually, no. I was gonna say if they flipped them to the Clippers for their first round pick. But wait, well, we got their first round pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a real GM right now. I see the Lakers want to sign Wesley Matthews to replace Green. So mm-hmm. all right, yeah. I see the vision. Then there you go. I mean, you got your three and D there. I guess. Um, yeah. Not a bad. You know, idea. now that you now that you mention uh, salary or uh, immediate flip, this is a, this is changing the direction a little bit. But they changed the free agency rule where you had to ha- where you had to keep them for three months before trading them mm, they're still sticking yeah. with january so that that's great for the knicks i saw it december sign, 15 as well you know what i mean for some other contracts could, bro i i i might be wrong it might be december 15th but uh, actually no, that wouldn't make sense because the season hasn't started i don't know either way the latest is january 15th earliest could be december 15th the fact is the knicks have a lot of money that other teams don't have and they could sign any valuable asset that other teams might want come playoff time, and they could sign them right now and then make trades with those teams and try to pick up more assets, which I think is something that they should definitely look out for. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Marks, looking at his tweet, he says, for, for free agents that sign in the abbreviated offseason, December 15th and January 15th trade restrictions still apply. So I think it's dependent on the contract, or I don't know so what the, 15th the difference most is. likely then. Yeah, so, like, I think that was the brilliant part of it. Like, if there's a team out there, if there's two teams out there that are, like, fighting over free agent, we got all the big cap space, boom, we signed that dude. And we're like, all right, yo, come see us in three weeks. (laughs) We'll Mm -hmm. we'll trade him to you, give us, like, a first-round pick or two. So, Mm -hmm. um, with Brock Aller on board, before previously, we always, as fans, would think, like, oh, the Knicks should do this aggressive, innovative kind of uh, um, uh, cap space trickery, you know what I mean? They never used to do that shit. We would never do salary dumps. We would never do shit like that. But with Brock Aller on board, I feel like this is a definite possibility now where we sign the dude and we haggle him. You know what I mean? Just We sign the dude and then just go ahead and put him on the trading block and like give him up to the highest bidder. So if we do that, it might be ruthless. But if the agent and no, that that's player, exactly that's exactly what the Knicks should do. My thing is, like, we're still trying to talk about connections. I feel like the only way that happens if the agent and that player themselves are cool with it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's a bad, bad look. Because, like, remember how much heat the Celtics got for what they did to Isaiah Thomas? And they're still mm-hmm. getting kind of heat for that? I don't want to be in a situation where the Knicks are just like, yo, we're happy to have you on board. And then, like, the player buys in. He wants to be part of the Knicks. And three weeks later, he's gone. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just hope that they kind of... And I'm not worried. I feel like Leon and Wes are aware of this idea. You know what I mean? They will know not to burn bridges because they are agents. They know how agents think. You know, so I'm just. I'm I mean, just thinking. Yeah. It could be. It could be a selling point. Um, maybe. I mean, this might be too too optimistic of a thinking, but maybe they decide. For example, they want to join the Bucks, but the Bucks can't give them the money that they want. So mm. Leon could be like, "We'll tr- we'll trade you to the Bucks. We know you want to go there. We'll give you the money that you deserve." But we're gonna trade you afterwards. You're not gonna you're gonna play for the Bucks come start of the season. You yeah. get your money. You get the, you get to join the team that you want. We'll we'll throw in this little guarantee here that you will be part of the Bucks. Some you know some shit like that. Maybe they'll have an and you know backdoor deal with the Bucks for for it to work out before they sign them to a free agency uh, contract. Speaking of the Bucks, I saw um, one of the Bucks uh, bloggers I follow. He. Uh, tweeted some shit about how like the the, the Bucks were actually in on Schroeder as well so I think I saw that like I get it he would make them better but like how much better is he than Bledsoe you know what I mean so like they're apparently dangling Bledsoe's contract he's probably he's apparently a a trade chip right now yeah but if I'm Giannis and I see that it's like similar to 
obviously Bledsoe and Schroeder are not bad players, but it's similar to how like the year or two before LeBron left Cleveland, they're just making these desperate moves like, oh, we're doing this to be better, to keep LeBron. But it's like, it's flipping Schroeder for Bledsoe if that happened. Would that been the type of move Giannis sees? He's like, all right, boom, there you go. Let me <laughs> give me pen and paper. Let me sign on the dot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they got to think bigger. I don't know if bigger is possible, but you know they said they'd be aggressive. They said they played the luxury tax. I just hope they it just wasn't lost, they, they just lost West Matthews, or I mean they might lose West Matthews if that trade yeah. pans out. I don't see who the Bucks will want from the Lakers to make them better. Maybe KCP, but I don't. I doubt they're going to trade KCP. He's their you know best shooter on the team. Wait, wait. West Matthews is a free agent though, no? Is he? Yeah, I could have yeah, sworn yeah. he's. I could have sworn he's on the Bucks. Yeah, he was on the Bucks, but then pretty sure it was a one-year deal he had with the Bucks. Yeah, Good. the Los Angeles Lakers are interested in signing Wes Matthews to replace Danny Green. So, yeah, he's a free agent. All right, never mind then. Still, I mean, yeah, they lose him, and then, I don't know. I mean, do you think that uh, in terms of free agency, do you think that the Bucks have a chance at Chris Paul? Because I don't see how they get any better. Like, what other targets I mean, are there? It would be. I mean, it would be a trade target. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the Bucks have that OKC would want in return, apart from like a couple of first rounders, which which I'm sure OKC would want. Dante Divincenzo, um, that that kid from Villanova. No, nah, I'm serious. Yeah. I thought he, he thought he looked good this season. No, you make it fun of him because he's white. That's, that's rude, bro. You <laughs> 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 just literally laugh when I mentioned his name. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say a joke. You just that's fucked up when you say somebody's name and the first reaction is a laugh. Yeah, we're no, no. That, <laughs> that's everybody want Dante Divin, Divincenzo. What if he's listening? He's drinking his chocolate milk at home. He got his headphones <laughs> on. He just hears this and he's like, "Oh man, <laughs> it ruined his day." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the Bucks can do. I, I know the rumors with the trade be- between OKC and Milwaukee has kind of cooled down recently. It was, it was there just, I want to say, two months ago. I haven't heard about it since. I don't know if it's an option. I have no idea where Chris Paul would go, uh, apart from New York. Maybe Phoenix. Phoenix does offer better assets. They, they got, they got Rubio who can replace him at, at point guard, who's also a, a veteran player. Um, <clears throat> but you know, enough about Chris Paul. Uh. What else we got? Um, <laughs> well, shit. I had my fucking eyes on some shit that was really caught my eye. Where the fuck it go? Um. In the meantime, the the rumors are gonna start spiraling. I mean, they've already started spiraling, but with with the announcement that tomorrow's gonna be official trade season at twelve o'clock, um, it's just gonna hit the fan. Is it trade gonna, season or is also free agent season as well? Like. No, I think fr- no. Free agency is after the draft. I, I believe two days after the draft. Gotta go see Woj. Maybe it's like it means deals can happen and free agents can talk to teams too. You know what I mean? And then that the, could be it. Yeah, but I mean, I think they start signing. If they can start signing officially from like Friday. Shit, dude, this week is gonna be crazy. Chill. It, it, this shit is. This week is Christmas for us content creators. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's about to be fun, bro. Like, I was legit worried we wouldn't get to talk about through, like, the winter. So, maybe a dark winter in real life, but, hey, trade machine is going to be popping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shit, where is this? Where was the thing I was looking at? Nevertheless, um, the Thunder right here, uh, the, the Wall Street tweet I saw, um, they're going to have picks 25 and 28. And they got 16 first-round picks. Son. Like, I just... What? I was bugging out. I was like, that can't be correct. But 
Yeah. We were just 16 talk- and how many years? Over whatever how many years they got picks until. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I'm looking at the Wolves tweet right now. Thunder have 25 and 28. And between, oh, between the 2020 and 2026 20, draft, OKC has 16 first-round picks. Are you serious? They bro, have 16 picks in, in six years? Bro, if they want a star, they legit Holy can get any shit. star they want. Like, can they not? You know what I mean? I feel like every star conversation is going to begin and end with them, no? Like, that's that's crazy. That's that's great. They flip PG. They flip Russell Westbrook into... Flip Schroeder. You know what I mean? Flip Schroeder. Oh, my God. Bro, I saw somebody even say, oh, it was, uh, what was his name? Royce Young, the Thunder uh, fanboy that somehow mm-hmm. turned that into a job. Good for him, by the way. But <laughs> um, <laughs> he said how the Schroeder actually came because they traded Melo in a first-round pick to Atlanta. So then they flipped Schroeder for Danny Green in a first-round pick. Like, Sam Presti don't lose. <laughs> you know, that's what this teaches me. Like, bro, when we was looking for a president of basketball ops, like Dolan being the billionaire that he is, should have just thrown $18 billion at him. Like, there's, there's no other GM I would want the way this man, this man has accumulated assets. Like, I think the only trade that he didn't exactly win was actually the Mellow trade. I'm trying to find out what it was. I totally forgot. Mitch, um, or the pick that became Mitch and McDermott. Yeah, and, and McDermott was solid. And Canner at the time was was solid. Was a solid pickup. Yeah. Um, but we got we got Mitch out of it. Yeah, I mean that's a win win. Like so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they got they got to get rid of Cantor, so that's always a win in my book. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So I mean, do you want to kind of uh, pivot to the draft or stay on free agency? Because um, a Toronto rider, um, I'm just getting this from the Knicks Film School account. He had a quote in an article that said, League sources indicate that Rose is aware that his first big move needs to be the right one, and paying top dollar for a point guard like Fred Van Fleet with one year as a starter on his resume comes with its own set of risks. And then after seeing that, and then you said you listened to Strickland with Han, right? Han was just like, just putting it, put that Fred Van Fleet shit like uh, to bed. He was just like, nah, that's not going to happen. Like he said it with so much certainty that he definitely has inside info. So, how you feel? Because I'm a little sad. I think. I think Alan Hahn's reasoning behind it made sense. Mm-hmm. What did he say? He said, um, "If the Knicks, the, why would Fred Van Vliet join the Knicks after being on a title-contending team for two seasons and then going to a you know shitty-ass team like the Knicks and being placed with all these expectations of being a locker room leader, being the team leader, and being the best player on the team because he's going to be getting a, a big contract, the biggest contract that the Knicks have signed in you know years since Melo probably." Um, there's going to be a lot of expectation. That's just unnecessary pressure, unnecessary drama for a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who I, I've never seen as a guy who's wanted that level of attention or that level of pressure as being the man. I think he's comfortable in a team like Toronto where he's getting the love, he's getting the adulation, but he's getting, he'll get the money as well and be on a team with Pascal Siakam. What's funny is, though, is just like... um. I've seen actual Toronto writers say that, like, Fred Van Fleet has, like, the utmost confidence in himself. Like, he definitely does think he is the man. You know what I mean? And if Van Fleet himself comes out and says, like, I'm just go- going after the bag. So, if Han, if, like, yeah, I caught that, too. That was part of Han's reasoning. But he also seemed, like, just straight up, like, like, Mian Rose is not going to do that. Like, like he's not going to sign a six-foot point guard to come in and be the guy on his team as his first big move. You know what I mean? So, my angle was, like, Han definitely knows something from inside the org because he works for MSG. But that angle about, like, why would he come? I'm going to use Fred Van 
like Van Fleet's own words, like because because we could throw him the bag. You know what I mean? Like I want. I mean, Toronto could also throw in the bag. That's true, but it's also like maybe you want to see because like Toronto is kind of they're still limited on cap. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they could go over the cap to sign him, but do they want to do that when like they just paid Pascal, they just gave Lowry an extension, and they want to keep cap space open for the possible run at Giannis next season? Because I know for like it's been reported that uh, Ujiri. And Giannis are like boys because uh, they they're both Nigerian. They both like link up uh, with the over the basketball um, without borders thing that they kind of mm-hmm. help contribute to. So I don't know. I think like with that in mind, if if Toronto wants to pursue Giannis, I could see why they would why they would set a limit on how much they pay Van Fleet. You know, it's just whether we want to pass that limit and just like throw him like outrageous amounts of money. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about throwing Van Vliet an exorbitant amount of money either. My thing is he's 26, right? I think he's going to be 27 in three months. Yeah, but I think, like, that's true. He's 27, but he's not 32 like Westbrook, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm yeah. looking at that contract, and we don't have to give up assets for Van Vliet. What I would do is just, like, similar to the Randall deal, give him, like, a three-year deal, but make that third year a team option. But to balance it out on his end, make those first two years, like, huge, like, salaries, you know what I mean? Like, 22 mil, you know what I mean? So, like, it may look excessive, but it'll be just like, yo, we're going to have a point guard for the next two years minimum that'll make RJ and Mitch better. Because I, I, I love Van Fleet's game. The only really thing he seems to really struggle with is just finishing. And then that's to be expected with a tiny dude like that. So, I still think, like, if Chris Paul is out, is out of the picture, if that's not an option, Van Fleet's our best bet for a point guard. Yeah, but, I mean... A six foot, a six foot guard who can shoot the ball, who's scrappy on defense, isn't uncommon. He's also a passer, though. He's clutch. He, he is a passer. Yeah. I mean, he he just has that that pedigree now of a of a champion. But if it was but, uncommon, though, wouldn't we have had a point guard, us point guard star franchise for a minute? You know what I mean? Like, I I get I get that, but I think it's not going to be too hard to find. I, I like Chris Paul is different than Van Vliet because he brings in that mentorship and. He has, uh, you know, it's 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 an attitude as well that he brings to the team, and that's what makes everybody better. But Van Vliet, I don't, I don't even believe he's been an All Star, right? He wasn't, he wasn't an All Star last season. Yeah, but that doesn't really indicate that he's a bad player. I think he's a good player. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm not saying he's his ceiling is as as high as it could be. I think, I think we've pretty much seen his potential. I mean, and that's what one he's been have said in, that in about Raptors. Lowry. You know what I mean? Before he even got traded to Toronto, we were in talks with Houston to trade for him. Um, Dolan put an end to that. Obviously, he didn't want to give up a first after just giving up one up for Bargnani. And they were, I remember at that time, there were Knicks fans like, all right, good. I wouldn't give up a first for Lowry either. But then what did Lowry do? He had like a late season or a late career or mid-career like resurgence and like he got better. You know what I mean? So it's not out of the question that that could happen. Like, And then mm-hmm. Van Fleet mm-hmm. coming from like, what, four years of like out under Lowry's tutelage? So he seated like up close that like, Lowry turned himself into like a backup point guard that was a late first round pick, bounced around from a couple of teams, got to Toronto, and he turned into like an all star, like crucial component of a championship team. You know what I mean? So I think Van Fleet, like at least short term, you know, two, three years, I'll throw him the bag. I would, you know, I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I think at that point, we'll, it'll fill a huge hole on the team right now. We'll have him and Frank, we'll have RJ, we'll have Mitch. You know, it's a, it's a scrappy team that, has an identity, something that the team's been lacking for for years now. 
It's not. It's not. It's definitely not bad. I think him and Christian Wood should be our main targets this offseason. Obviously, Ingram is out of the question. It's not. It's just not going to happen. We should yeah. throw as much money as we can at Ingram, but it's just not going to happen unless he wants to get out of Zion's shadow. But you know that is he's still restricted, so it's not going to happen. <clears throat> Facts. Yeah. I mean, I feel like any restricted free agent, especially with the kind of fucking chaos is about to happen this week i think you the franchise is doing stuff a disservice if they do like try to pursue any restricted free agents you know what i mean because with the other un- like it's pretty much like you know knowing everybody but an unrestricted free agent you know there's no wait time with a restricted free agent i don't know exactly how it's gonna work this this uh off season but it's usually like what when you sign a restricted free agents to a deal the other team got like two days to match it Mm-hmm. And out of pettiness, a lot of times these teams wait those full two days, even though they know very well that they're not going to sign this dude or match the contract. So I'm not trying to deal with that. You know what I mean? And I love Ingram, though. Like, if he was unrestricted, I would be mad as shit if Leon didn't pursue him. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. he's that kind of um, good player. And like we saw last season, he's really coming into his own, finally getting that potential or reaching that potential that a lot of people envision. So Yeah, I think I think two seasons with, with Van Vliet is definitely, definitely reasonable, especially with Mitch's contract situation next season we're gonna have to give him an extension and then rj's is gonna end in, in what three seasons we're gonna yeah. have to assuming he you know elevates his game the way we're hoping for we're probably gonna give have to give him a max contract mm-hmm. and we'll have to see what what happens with frank too so hopefully hopefully we're in the conversation to give rj a max because that's one of those good problems you know what i mean if mm-hmm. the kid you pick with the third overall pick is deserving of a max contract in four years i think you did all right you know what i mean so yeah all right, let's pivot a little bit towards the draft, which again is in three days. Uh, no, uh, yeah, three days. And for this, for this draft, actually, for the first time, you and I are going to be on nothing but Nick's network. Hey. We're going to be on their live show. So make sure if you guys are listening that you're tuning in to the Nothing But Nick's show uh, on YouTube this Wednesday at seven o'clock. That's when the lottery is expected. The NBA draft is expected to start. We'll be on the show. Uh, you know, chopping it up with the whole MBK crew. That's Sim, Andy, Isaiah. All those guys are going to be on the show. Probably Iru from Die Hard Knicks. And it's going to be cool. We're going to join these guys and, you know, chop it up with them. Now, when it comes down to it, right, this is going to be our prob- either our last or second to last show before the draft happens. Assuming the top guys are gone, LaMelo, Wiseman, um, uh, Edwards, who would be your top three and in order? In order of who I'd want at, at eight? Like, we're assuming we stay at, at eight. eight. Yeah, no no trade-ups. Um, and assume Killian, Toppin is also Kira. available. Because he might, he might have fallen. Hayes is available. Vassell, Okoro, uh, Okongo even is available. You cut off for a second. You said no who? You said... You uh, so I said the guys who are available are Toppin, Hayes, Halliburton, Vassell, Okoro, Okongo. Yeah, um, my, my top three then, if we're starting at eight, in, is, in order. Uh, yeah. is um, Killian, Kira, and Vassal. Um, I feel like Vassal might be a better prospect than Kira is where I'm coming from, but I think positional need, I would go for a point guard, you know what I mean? Um, but that's not to um, that's not to throw shade at Vassal because, like, the more you watch of his clips, like, he's one of the only prospects in a while that I just want to watch their defensive highlights. Because he's just, like, special on that end. And, this, like, to understand that, like, there's still some development for him to do where he could, like, fill out his body and, like, be under the tutelage of a dude like Tibbs. It, it's, like, enticing. You know what I mean? Like, you want to get that kid into fold. But my thing is, positionally, are we sure, like, RJ's ready to play small forward? You know what I mean? Like, 
Um, we still have Knox, and I know a lot of Knicks fans hate on him. I'm almost like off that like hopeful like bandwagon. You know what I mean? I don't think he'll be all star or anything, but I still think maybe he could develop under Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryan into something. But we still have him. You know what I mean? As a, as a wing, um, Iggy Brazdikas. So that's not to say those guys should prevent you from getting Vaso, but I just think like. I don't think RJ is ready to be that small forward yet. I would like to see him maybe another season as a, a dabbling between shooting guard and small forward before we decide that like he's a small forward like right out the gate. You know what I mean? But and I just feel like with Kira, just the more I watch and like I don't want to put that like the Duran Fox comparison. It's the easy one, but I don't want to put those expectations on him. But I want I like that type of guard, and I feel like if we do get a veteran point guard in some way. You want to have one, a young one to groom. A lot of people will say Frank is that kid, but I don't know. I think Frank is more of a multi-positional role player now at this point. But yeah, so that's you wouldn't thinking. take you wouldn't take Toppin? Hell no, nah. I'm I'm, I'm a <laughs> yeah, hard. Right? I'm like a hard no on that. No, like maybe Yo, two my three fear, weeks ago. I yeah, was on my the fence, fear is yeah. we're gonna be in that position where Toppin falls down to eight, and then Knicks might pick him up because they're like, oh shit, this is a steal because this kid could have gone at one. Uh, I hope we're not in that position. I I hope he's just taken uh, way early. But um, I think I think for the most part we're the same. I would go with Hayes first, Vassell second, and I think it's Kyra Lewis. Am I, is it Kira or is it Kyra? I, I feel Kira. like we should know by now. But I swear I've heard I've, Kira on like every. Um, I could podcast. it could be Kyra it could be Kyra because I heard Kyra the other day. This shit caught me off guard. Let's see what Wikipedia says. They got the pronunciation, right? Do they? No, they don't. The, the, how do you pronounce his name? I'm going to just Google that. Kira Lewis pronunciation. But yeah, it would probably be Kyra third. Or Kira Lu- or Lewis, whatever. Lewis third, Vassell second, and Hayes first. I dig it. I dig it. I feel like Va- Hayes, or not Hayes, um... Vassal is probably just the one that all Knicks fans, like, if we do take him at eight, he'll be the one that will probably the most liked. You know what I mean? I feel like if, if it's any of the other point guards, it's going to be a split because I feel like there's a, every segment of fans has their own kind of idea of what they want as a point guard. Um, oddly enough, I was listening to, um, what was it? Oh, the Ryan Rossello podcast. He had Kevin O'Connor on. Um, they was actually talking about Hayes for a bit, and obviously we both know Kevin O'Connor had Hayes as the number one on his big board. But Russillo, he's kind of tapped into like what scouts and league guys are saying. He was just like, yeah, the, that the people inside the league were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like they hit him up because he's affiliated with the Ringer. He's like, yo, are you responsible for this? What the fuck is this hot take shit? And Russillo's like, like, nah, that's Kevin O'Connor. So that was interesting to me. Like when I watch Hayes, I like what I see. You know what I mean? Like I see like a baby Jamal. Murray with a little bit of hard and spiced in there. But what Rosilla was saying is there's worries about his athleticism, which I get. There's worries about the fact that he went to a program that was just built around him getting his numbers, you know what I mean? Like uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like if he if it, the athleticism, like the downfall or the negatives of his athleticism were obvious while he was overseas, it probably should be more obvious when he's in the league, right? And then they said or Rosilla said like his jumper is questioned, so I don't know. I mean, I see all that, but I just think it goes to the whole idea of, like, you know, we got Johnny Bryant, who had a success developing Mitchell, and I feel like Hayes at his, at his like, his prototype, he's kind of a combo guard. He's a better passer than Mitchell was coming out of the league, and I feel like dude like Johnny Bryant could do wonders with him. You know what I mean? So that's why yeah. I got him number one. You know what I mean? 
if Halliburton was a guy who drove in more, I, I probably would have had him first because everything else falls in line despite the, the awkward jumper. Mm. If The thing with the awkward jumper is I feel like the media and Knicks fans would shoot his confidence down a lot <laughs> because of that shot. Like, we have that kind of, uh, um, you know, what's what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Cloud. Anyway, <laughs> maybe. Um, and the thing with Kira Lewis, actually, that I noticed is that he doesn't have that much bounce, which is something uh, Han also pointed out. Mm. It, the, that's the only thing that's really separating him from, like, a De'Aaron Fox or even a John Morant because they, they do – they both have that speed, but they also have that – that part, that element to their game where they could rise up and dunk on anybody or even in the open court. But uh, Lewis is a guy who will run in, but he'll have to do some acrobatic moves, uh, you know, around the hoop to get the ball in. Um, what if what if Dennis Smith Jr. pans out to be at least what he was in Dallas? You know, let's let's say he has that kind of potential of going back to the player he was. Because I think that's I think that's a reasonable thing to assume. He could go back to a, he. He could go back to where he was before the KP trade. He was a pretty good player who could run like Lewis, who could dunk the ball in the open court, and uh, was you know somewhat of a scrappy defender. If if he has that kind of potential, does that change anything for you? Who are we talking about again? Like real quick, who? who what was Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, Dennis Smith. I just don't know because I was reading this post article about Kier Lewis, but um. Thing about Dennis though is like I was the resident Dennis Smith stand here. So, like, it, I'm not going to lie. It, I did kind of perk up when, like, Tibbs was talking about, like, oh, we believe in Dennis, yada, yada, yada. And then you see these reports coming out of how Dennis was, like, the first to show up to workouts and shit. And, um, you know, he's he's working on his work ethic. He changed his diet, apparently, or some shit. Like, he literally just cut out fast food, which, like, okay, well, it took you four years into your professional athlete career to be like, nah, let's not do this no more. So, <laughs> That always amazes me. That I feel like we always see stories like that every offseason. I'm just like, you privileged motherfuckers. <laughs> you get to play a sport <laughs> as a career, and you don't take it seriously. I, whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't think – I think Dennis, if anything, right now, we're just hoping he becomes, like, a solid uh, backup point guard where, like, when our starting point guard comes out the game and Dennis is in there, he doesn't, like, shit the bed and fuck us over. I think that's the best hope for him at this point. Um, It's interesting, though, because now I'm kind of thinking, like, would we draft a point guard if Tibbs does believe in Dennis? I don't think so, right? So that's I think what I'm saying because I'm sure I'm sure when they're drafting these players, this isn't a take the best player available kind of draft because no one really knows who the best players are. This is definitely a fit kind of draft, and I'm exactly. sure they're talking to Tibbs about who his preference is. And I feel like low key's preference is going to be Vassell because he'll say we have Dennis, we have Frank. Uh, there's going to be a guy at 28 who's who who could be our future point guard. We could end up with an R.J. Hampton or maybe even a Cole Anthony at 28. That's why I think yeah. most likely, like my my belief is that we're gonna get if Vassell falls down to eight, we're gonna get him, and at twenty eight, we'll try to get a point guard. There's Tyrell Terry, there's there's Maxi, there's at least, and if you include Lewis, there's at least four or five point guards after the eight that the Knicks either can draft at twenty seven or move up just a little bit. Maxi is the most since you just pointed him out. He's probably the most interesting name that you and I haven't really talked about. You know what I mean that we haven't really talked about, but. Like, we got the Kentucky Connection OD, you know what I mean, on our team. And Wes apparently is, like, super tight with Cal. He's, like, one of the main reasons why Kentucky did turn into such a pipeline for elite prospects. And, obviously, we have Kenny Payne. Um, so, I think Maxi low-key, might be a dark horse, like, candidate for us to pick him. You know what I mean? The Kentucky Connection is obvious. The positional need is obvious. And I watched him a bit, too. I still prefer Kira, but I want to be mad at Maxi. Like, like you said, like, with that later-round pick. 
And I also think like maybe he, we could probably trade up for Maxi like twenty seven in our second to like maybe twenty something like that twenty twenty one to pick Maxi just to be sure that we got our wing and our point guard and we're set. You know what I mean? Like similar to how when we had Vivek on, I, I was on the same boat as him. Like yeah, we shouldn't be trading down. We should be consolidating our assets, especially like in a draft like this where it's just like all over the place. If you like two guys, go ahead and go get them. You know what I mean? Because what is this? What is trading down and getting like in this scenario? What is that going to do for you? You know. So yeah, Maxi's is interesting. Um, but the thing though, what was interesting? Like, did you see like it? Like more names are coming out about who he worked out. Like those ten uh, crucial workouts in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So apparently they tried to schedule with Hayes, but then our COVID outbreak in the facility shut that down. So I thought that was interesting that they had intentions to work him out in person. But the prospects that they did get to work on a person, it was Kira and I think Obi Toppin, and it was one other name. Um, was it Vassal? Was that what it was? Um, I don't think it was Vassal. I forgot who. But I don't think it was Vassal. It was like three names. South. Yeah, but like, I'll be honest, bro. Like, I'll be grudgingly okay if Toppin gets picked at eight, but the very fact that like we worked them out in person, we interviewed them, and like these, there's all this smoke about how much Leon loves him, whether or not he loves him, whether or not it's legit, because it's like two different sources saying two different things. But I don't know, bro. That worries me a bit, you know? Like, we might just a week from now be recording and talking ourselves in the OB top in New York, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the garden is back. Bro, fuck that. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> um, but Tyrell Terry, Tyrell Terry is another guy who we haven't really talked about. This dude's a shooter. He's kind of like a Fred Van Vliet 2.0 kind of player. Hustle and and can shoot. So I would I think say he kind of reminds you of CJ McCollum. Not to cut you off, but like that little combo guard with the jumper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I seen Trey Young throwing around, but Trey Young's just a special passer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Trey was racking up like double digits. It's easy peasy in college. <laughs> Terrell Terry's more of a shooter. Um, but yeah, he seems to be a buzzy name. You know what I mean? I, I think Kevin O'Connor, Kevin O'Connor said on one of his podcasts that if this uh, draft happened in June, he probably would have been second round, late first. Now, because of all, like, the research teams are digging in and, like, Tyrell Terry actually improving himself, he might actually go late lotto around there. Sure. You know what I mean? So. I'd, be, I'd be happy with Vassell and Terry on the team. We got a shooting point guard who is a hustler and facts. can fit well with the team, and we get Vassell, who's going to be our three or four. Facts, facts. So that's that's the kind of hope that I have for this, this upcoming draft. Second rounders, I, I'll admit I don't know too many of them of yeah. our options, um, but, you know. We'll see. <laughs> I saw a name, I think New York Post is saying Isaiah Stewart, um, the big man that apparently is from New York, like New York City. Um, when I looked into him, he just seems like a Derek Favors clone. So yeah. I guess if you could get that from the second round, why why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Like just yeah. get up a big man you could develop. Kenny Payne could probably work with him, see if could see he's if a, he could learn. He's a who clone? Moves. Did you say Derek Fisher? Derek Favors. Okay, I heard Fisher. I'm like, what do you mean he's a big man? All right, yeah, yeah, Derek Favors is solid. Now, if he was a Derek Fisher clone, he'd be taking somebody's wife and kids. Wife. Like, <laughs> shout out to Matt Barnes. Um, <laughs> you see that picture, though? Like, a timeout. We didn't get to discuss this. There was, like, they actually took a picture together, and then somebody was just, like, tweeted on uh, Twitter. They were just like, oh, nature is healing. And it's, like, a picture of Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher, and that whole family. And it That's was literally, like, a hilarious. recent picture. I was yeah. like, god damn. <laughs> Maybe Matt Barnes did fucking, like become uh, more peaceful because <laughs> when that story happened years ago we weren't potting back then but i think we were both exchanging messages about how hilarious it was and how typical nicks it was but the thought of this man barnes driving like six hours and all six hours every second of those six hours just filled with rage to just pull up and just beat the shit out of fisher mm-hmm. 
I don't condone it, but I, <laughs> part of me is just like, you know what? Respect. <laughs> some, some part of me is like, yo, if you're going to go that far, just go go all the way, man. Like, mm. shit. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. It's fucking wild. Um, Last draft note, though. I think it was interesting that we haven't worked out Halliburton yet. What do you think of that? You think it's all smoke then about our love for Halliburton? No, I think the only true smoke is Patrick Williams and mm. and teams' love for him. I think one team did it, and then everybody else got FOMO, and they're all working him out. And now on, on the latest mock draft, he's going up to six. This dude was like 13, 14 the other day. He's done literally nothing since, <laughs> and now he's up till six, making, you know, getting – more money on his contract with with the with the fucking Hawks. My shit is, I feel like the Spurs liked Patrick Williams at eleven, and then that word got out, and the rest of the league, everybody above eleven, is like, oh shit, what the fuck? The Spurs like this dude? <laughs> Yo, get our scouts in here, emergency meeting. What are we doing? <laughs> what is who's this Patrick Williams guy? You know what I mean? So definitely FOMO. You know what I mean? They were just like, if the Spurs about to get him, maybe we, we, we maybe we should get him because they're pretty good mm-hmm. at uh drafting. You know. Um, interesting enough, this is the highest pick they've had since Duncan. Do you realize that? Number 11. First lottery, yeah. That's this is the wild. first time they're not, that, this was the first year they weren't in the playoffs since like fucking 1999. Yo, with, with that being said, I think since this is their first time in the lottery, I wouldn't be surprised if like, yo, we're probably not going to be in the lottery again. Let's fuck it. Let's trade up. You know what I mean? So, now, wasn't, wasn't Kawhi in the lottery? Now he was 15, so he was like right mm. after the lottery because the lottery is mm. like, 14, you know what I mean? So, technicality, but yeah, wild. Um, but yeah, do you think the Spurs will trade up? Do you see them as a candidate? I mean, what other direction that do they have to go? Uh, the, their only best player is really Murray. And I mean, DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, don't be surprised if you see him in a different jersey this next season. But I think they're a team that really needs to get into rebuilding mode because DeRozan and Aldridge, they're basically you know, not needed on, on that team. They just missed the playoffs. They're not going to get any better with their current cast, and the Warriors are back. So, no. Interesting I, I you mentioned the Warriors on LaMarcus. There was a, a report, like, the Warriors want to trade for LaMarcus. Like, not to interject, but my my, gear, my I, gears are I, turning I, right now. I don't I'm, know why they would. Because, th- you know, the Warriors are trying to win now. What if the Spurs are like, yo, we'll give you 11, we'll give you LaMarcus, we'll give you, like, uh, Lonnie Walker, you know what I mean, a young guard drafted recently, to trade up to two, what if Warriors take that? You know what I mean? Because it's a. Clinical. I don't think they can afford that. They are. They already have Wiggins. They already have Draymond, Steph, and and Clay. Aldridge has a pretty big contract. I'm pretty sure his is at least like sixteen, seventeen. What if they move Wiggins again? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Like. I mean, I mean, Wiggins in a Spurs jersey might be exactly what he needs. If they ship out DeRozan <laughs> in another direction. I, Wiggins, Wiggins on, in his on Spurs, Spurs jersey, he might be Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> like on dead ass, like all this potential everybody's talking about. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. Yeah, he's not a bad player in in the slightest bit. He's just over overpaid like crazy. But shit, that that might be possible. But I just don't know if they can afford it unless they are able to make that trade. Uh, but I don't see Aldrich fitting in with the Warriors. So how's he how's he gonna keep up with their run and gun kind of play style? 
Um, he also they, might uh, be too tall for them. I mean, remember they had Bogut for a bit, you know what I mean? And he fitted to the quote-unquote run-and-gun. I think, like... Yeah, but all, uh, Bogut was known more for his defensive like, That's prowess. the thing, though, but he was still on the floor court for all those offensive possessions, too. You know what I mean? So my thing is, like, with Aldridge, he's still kind of, He's a solid passer, and we know how the Warriors like to use the big man with passing. Obviously, Draymond, but, like, there would be mad possession when Bogut was there, when he would be at the top of the key, you know what I mean? Like, uh, running the offense from there, you know what I mean? Passing to open cutters or, like handing the ball off to Curry and Clay on design plays, you know what I mean? So I think I could picture LaMarcus on there, and schematically speaking, LaMarcus is money from mid-range, you know what I mean? So like if you got two shooters like Steph and Clay, you know, orbiting LaMarcus, like running around and shit, LaMarcus is going to feast, you know what I mean? He'll either pass it to them, or he'll get his he'll get his J's, his open J's, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's making, he's this is his last year of his contract. He's an unrestricted free agent next year, $24 million, which I guess... It would fit with with Wiggins' contract for a trade. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but it's a potential. Yeah. What do you What do you think about Spurs training with the Hawks stuff? Because we, you know, the rumors is Hawks is trying to trade that um, for DeRozan apparently, or Drew Holiday. We haven't talked about that rumor, but like specifically speaking, I think maybe those are the two trade partners. You know, Hawks from six to eleven, Spurs to six, and. You know, there's a word that the Pistons like Patrick Williams, so it would make sense for the Spurs to go right to six instead of letting Patrick Williams fall to seven. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think that's it's, possible. We could, I think we could drive ourselves crazy with all the potentials and rumors of this draft. It's, it's crazy well, how many is, different This trades. is the week to do it. It's <laughs> the week to drive ourselves <laughs> right. crazy. I mean, <laughs> if the Spurs want to go up to six to get Patrick Williams, I think that's definitely doable. I but I think I think the Pistons are more in line of getting a point guard. That's really what they truly need. I think if anything, the Knicks should try to go up to six and get Hayes. Actually, no, I don't. I don't think that's necessary. Um, I, I I don't see any direction that the Spurs can do but rebuild, and this might be this might be the year to do it. You know, I I like that Warriors kind of trade with with Wiggins and Aldridge. I think it has potential. I just don't know if Aldridge can keep up with the Warriors. He's old now. Um, but he he has a, he has good mid range shot. He also has a good three point shot too. Remember David West stuff? Like he kept up with, for a bit. Obviously, it was limited minutes. But I just think Aldridge is just a natural fit for them. And like I get the Warriors wanted to win now, peace. And Aldridge isn't the flashiest, but I I see the vision. You know what I mean? Like if they're trying to gear up back to Warriors two point you could do worse than Aldridge as like your third option. You know what I mean? I think I think he's a better fit than Wiggins is. Oh, facts. You know what I mean? Like first of all, like. I don't know. I'm probably much more sour on Wiggins than you just because I was so high on him before the draft. I legit thought he was going to be Kobe. You know what I mean? Just the potential, all that. A lot of people were saying the same. And I thought at worst he'd be Paul George. Son, he could have, t- like, sniffed Paul George's jockstrap right now. Mm-hmm. And we already know what Playoff P is doing. So that's a sad state of affairs. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by Drew Holiday, though. Like, we haven't been connected to him, but... I mean, if he's available, like, wouldn't we want Drew Holiday? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what his contract is like. Is, does he have, like, a mad years left? But He does have a pretty big contract. Let me check. Yeah, because it feels like recently he signed that extension. But, you know, if we're the Knicks and nobody's going to come to us and Drew Holiday's available, like, I feel like he's be a nice fit next mm-hmm. to RJ, you know? I mean, it's not too bad. He's he's unrestricted in 2022. Okay, that's not too far. He has off. a player option in 2021. All right, yeah. So that's like similar to the Russ deal, obviously less. And you know, Drew Holiday's younger than Russ. Um, he is right, like maybe a year or two. But I just think mm-hmm. as a fit next to RJ, he's a three and D point guard, elite defense. You know what I mean? Like he would fit with Tibbs. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of an, 
a surprise we're not connected to him. Mm-hmm. Unless you think that's that's intentional. Maybe he's the shadow sneaky move we pull off. What do you think? Drew Holiday on the Knicks. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't go for him. But I know Macri put out a tweet the other day or made an article about it. I forgot what his reasoning was on why we shouldn't do it. But I read it and I was, and it, you know, made me go like, hmm. But hmm. at this moment in time, if you were telling me why not go after Drew Holiday, I, I don't see why not. He's a former All-Star, has is an excellent player, and just is has always just been overshadowed by the rest of his team. But I don't see why the Pelicans would want to trade him. Honestly, he's the, he's a he's a, an all star point guard, and they have they have Zion, they have Ingram. These guys aren't point guards. Yeah. They have Redick, who doesn't need the ball. Why not just keep Drew? Do they have a point guard? They don't, right? So maybe no. the Pelicans are eyeing like a trade up themselves to get a point guard. You know what I mean? Like that'll be interesting. Like maybe because this is a point rock point guard rich draft. Um, Zion is like if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be one. Of, it's probably going to be one of those Luca situations. I don't think he's going to be to that extent of a great player like that right away. But I think he'll get he'll Zion if he lives up to his potential. He'll make the Pelicans too good so fast that they won't have a chance at the lotto again. So maybe the Pelicans are like, yo, maybe right now we could trade Drew, who's a little on the older older side, for a young like running mate for a Zion. You know what I mean? So I kind of respect that. I see that from Griffin's side as a yeah, possibility. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if the Timberwolves could afford Drew Holiday right now. They already have Russell and they already have Cat's contracts. Drew Holiday's owed like twenty seven, twenty six million dollars. I don't even know if they can afford him. Be a good Second fit, is yeah. Huh? It'd be a good fit though. Like not to cut you off, but I think yeah. Drew would fit well next to D'Angelo. He covers all his weaknesses. That's you know I mean? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh that would be that would be a solid offer. I just don't know if they have enough money to do it because Russell's contract is pretty big from what I think. Oh yeah, he got he got a max right. I yeah, think right. the Warriors signed him. Everybody was surprised. Like this is the team that's going to give him a max. What? Yeah, and Cat obviously has a max, so I don't even know if they can afford him. The Warriors and Drew Holiday. That's that's not going to work. Their positions are filled. Uh, the Hornets. I mean, unless like Clay, like after the ACL, they move him to small forward. You know what I mean? Like he's six seven. You know, I think he's defended wings before. So I don't know. I mean, I could see that. That would be a big move. Like. Number two to New Orleans for Drew, It'd be crazy. I think from what I remember, the only team that was really connected with the Pelicans were actually the Nets because they could trade Dinwiddie and like oh. Levert, who's also a very good young player. For I saw Drew. one more team connected to to Drew, Boston Celtics. Mm. Like it was from a legitimate source, and I saw a rumor that really pissed me off. Pissed me off because like it'll mean Boston's getting better. I saw <laughs> a rumor that uh they'll trade for Drew, like they'll flip Kemba to the Pelicans for Drew. And then they flip Gordon Hayward to Indiana for Miles Turner. And then you look at that lineup, Drew, Jalen, Jason, uh, Marcus Smart, Miles. and then Miles Turner. There's no weakness uh, there. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, we can't let the league do this. So I'm just hoping it's one of those situations where it's just like Ainge just puts out rumors to make himself look good. Like, oh, we could have had this deal, but we didn't. You know what I mean? We like but I don't see players. why the Pelicans would go after Kemba Walker if they already have Drew Holiday. Like, I, they, don't get, they don't get much younger. The play yeah. style is Fairly similar. Drew Holly is actually a better player than Kemba. Um, Just because so of the defense, know. but I think Kemba is yeah. uh, like more comfortable on the pick and roll and more of a better scorer. You know what I mean? So maybe they think he's a better fit offensively. You know what I mean? Like he probably yeah, but they have Zion, they have Zion and Ingram already. Yeah, but to it's do like that. the spacing though. You know what I mean? Like I think Drew, he's a solid shooter, no doubt. But Kemba is like a sniper. You know what I mean? When he has a space, you know what I mean? So I think that's the. I, I think there's similar levels of player. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean, shit, I'm just waiting for chaos to pop off, bro. Like, that's all that could be said. I know we've been going for a minute, so 
You want to close it out, or there's another mm-hmm. rumor, juicy rumor you want to talk about? No, I think I think we're gonna have a lot more shit to talk about this this next week, next Hopefully. month actually. There's so much shit that's gonna be happening in the NBA. Um, I'm hyped for it. Uh, for those of you guys listening, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode of the Nickish Show. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Follow us on Sportscaster. Every Wednesday, we do a show called Nickish at Night where we bring in a new guest. The only exception is this Wednesday where we're actually going to be on the Nothing But Nicks Network on YouTube. So make sure you look out for that. Um, we're going to be a part of the MBK fam and talking about the draft while we watch it live. So make sure you tune in for that and make sure you subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms. Uh, we have an episode that we drop at least once a week, sometimes two, three times. We have the Nickish cup of coffee every Tuesday and Friday. Um, and yeah, that's about it. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day on this November 15th and look forward to the draft. There's a lot more stuff coming up in the NBA. Peace. Peace.